Good morning. First of all, if anyone else can help me out and you have a lighter, I would love to light the other two candles on this side. But regardless of whether they're lit or not, it is the third Sunday of Advent. And today we light the candle of joy. The angel said in Luke 2.10, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The good news to us is that Jesus has come for us. He's come to save his people, and this is the joy that, brings, that brings to, he brings to us. It's himself. It is the gift of Christ himself. We celebrate today and always this good news of great joy, and we celebrate this morning the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We invite you to join with us and let your joy overflow as we lift our voices to him. Church, let's stand together. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We can come into your house with just with hearts of joy. For all that you have done, Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We worship you, Lord. Amen.
hope you've had a blessed week. We are so glad you're here. Please go ahead and be seated. If this is your first time visiting or you've been coming a while, we'd love to get to know you. And there's a couple ways you can do that. You can fill out a connect card out in the atrium and talk with someone if you have any questions. You can also do that digitally by putting in the phone number 904-441-6900. And what that will do, that will take you to a place in a text where you can put the the, um, any prayer request or any questions you might have and fill out that connect card. We would love to pray with you. So that's a great way to do that. Also, you can put the same phone number in and put in 904-441-6900 and put the word news and you will get actually a bulletin like through paper bulletin. So during the week, anytime you can go there and just see what's going on in the life of the church. I just want to cover a couple of things for you and highlight for you. This next Sunday at 6 p.m. in the sanctuary, we will be having a service. You are definitely invited to celebrate the silent candlelight Christmas communion time. I encourage you if you've not ever done that. It's just a great way to get your heart right as we go into the week of Christmas, as we celebrate our Savior. Also, just a reminder that we do have four Christmas Eve services. Two of them will be at 1.30 and 3 in the sanctuary, and the other two will be here at 4.30 and 6 right here in the CLC. So grab one of the cards, invite a neighbor or a friend. We would love, love for you to do that. Just one more note, at 10 a.m. on Sunday, which is Christmas Day, we will be having one service in the sanctuary. Uh, please note that if you have ch need childcare or you have a youth or children, we will not be having those services. We wanna give our staff and volunteer a chance to be with their family as well. Just love that love that time together. Remember this week we will have a blackout where we're going to be getting ready for the, the, the new buildings to be built and they'll be changing the electricity. So just note that. But that doesn't mean we're not available for you so you can connect anytime with us. Just want to take a moment and share with you we've been collecting this year for Lottie Moon which is the IMB which is International Mission Board. And I wanted to share something with you before we pray. We've been collecting our goal this year was 40,000. We are almost there. We're like at 36,000. We are doing awesome. We just need to finish that up so we can send that to those missionaries that need it. And I wanted to share about a friend of mine. Her name is Kathy. She lives in North Africa. She is going on her 20 years there. I met with her a couple of weeks. She's home for Christmas. She goes back on the 30th. And she was sharing when they left, they go out and they actually take the stories from the Bible, train others, and they go out and share to the different villages and the different tribes. And they were sharing with a chief at a tribe in called Jula, J-U-L-A. You can actually look that up. The Julia tribe is all over parts of Africa. And she was sharing with the chief Christ. So while she was here that same week, he accepted Christ. Not only did he accept Christ, the chief of that village, Muslim, right? You will see his picture up here. I just wanted you to see what he looks like. Be praying for him. Not only did he accept Christ, he was baptized. There's another picture. And 20 of the other villagers were baptized. They had never heard of Christ before. First time ever. Is that not just awesome? So that's where your money goes. 100% of it goes for missions for them and I am I'm just overjoyed and I know a lot of you know a lot of missionaries so would you please pray let's pray for them and what generosity our church has definitely father lord I thank you so much for the generosity that you have for all of us father I thank you for our church 
the giving that they give, not only for the Lottie Moon, but the other things that we ask for, the other offerings, but just for the church, their tithing that they give, Father. I just thank you for that. I thank you for each one of them. I thank you that we have the opportunity to share Christ a little more coming into Christmas, Father, but give us that opportunity to share it more. We just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Judy. Judy's our women's minister and she does such a great job here at Anastasia. Two weeks to Christmas. Yeah, two weeks. Some of you going, only two weeks and all this is over. Two weeks to Christmas. And you caught that, that we have five Christmas services, four of them on Christmas Eve and one on Christmas Day. They're basically the same service. So you pick a time when you want to come, uh, Sunday, uh, on Saturday, which is Christmas Eve, or on Sunday morning, Christmas Day, and, and uh, there'll be a time for you, and we'll celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. He's the reason for the season, amen? Amen, amen. amen. that's right. This, uh, this season, we are talking about Jesus Christ and his lasting impact on our society. That's what our Advent series of messages is. We're calling it a stable influence, that we believe that Jesus made a stable influence on our society, and, and today I want to talk about womanhood. Now, if you're following the news, you'll notice that in the country of Iran, that they are having some protests going on now, some great unrest. And a lot of it has to do with how the country treats women and about the freedom of movement and, and what they're allowed to wear. And so we know that there's some issues going on there. Our country, we can't point the finger and say there haven't been problems here because there have been problems here. I mean, when this nation was founded, um, we adopted our constitution. Women were not allowed to vote. Okay, everyone knows that. You weren't allowed to vote. Um, 99 years later, after our forefathers wrote in the Declaration of Independence, Independence ah, I can't get my tongue working. Um, the, the Independence, I'm going to start again. <laughs> 99 years after our forefathers wrote in the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal, um, that the Supreme Court unanimously declared the right to vote would be given to former slaves, but not to women. Uh, so in that 14th Amendment, women were not allowed to vote. So there were two women who proposed their own amendment. Uh, there was Elizabeth Cady Stanton and there was Susan B. Anthony. And they proposed this amendment that was approved in Congress in two years. And then it took another 41 years later till it was finally ratified. And uh, women were allowed to vote in this country in 1920. So we know that as a country, we can't really point fingers at what's going on in other places. Um, I also know that if we look at our own family of churches, Baptist churches, we're not immune to criticism when it comes to how we regard women and the role of women in the church. So today, what I want to talk about is womanhood and what Jesus did. What did, what did Jesus say about womanhood? What did Jesus do in, in uh, focusing on the role of women? And I want to focus on that. Uh, we're talking about this season, manhood, womanhood, the family. And so uh, I hope I get this message right. I hope I don't mess it up. I have a vested interest in this. I'm, I'm hoping to celebrate my 38th wedding anniversary this Thursday with my wife. Elisa, she's over there. So <clears throat> she's been a rock. She's been a support. She's been a full partner in the ministry and in our marriage. She's been an encourager to my soul. So uh, anyway, so I hope I get this right. Uh, but we can see Islam's lasting effect on womanhood, and 
we know U.S. history regarding womanhood. And, and in churches, churches discuss and they disagree and argue about the role of women. But when Jesus walked among us, and, and he walked on earth, he had an impact. The accounts of his birth, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, they're all packed with encounters with women. And they weren't just nameless females. They were women. They were important enough that we know their names. There was Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the, uh, the mother of James and Joseph. There was Martha. There was Anna. There was Johanna. There was Susanna. There are names of women all throughout Jesus's ministry. And Jesus Christ showed them respect. He affirmed their importance. He afforded them dignity. That's what Jesus does. Okay, when, when the world beats you down, sisters in Christ, I want you to know Jesus lifts you up. That's what he does. He lifts you up. So I want us to get into the Bible. Would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? This is Luke chapter 2, starting at, at verse 1. It says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the way you impact our lives. And Lord, I thank you for sisters in the faith. Lord, I thank you for sisters that you have raised up, that you have lifted up. And Lord, I pray that all of us would, would see them with the value that you see them, Lord. And we won't let the world beat them down. But Lord, help us to lift all of us up. In your precious name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. So uh, this past week, I just returned from a trip to the Holy Land. And I was in Nazareth, and I was in Jerusalem, and I was in Galilee. And uh, about a week ago, I was actually in Bethlehem at that site where Jesus was born. It was amazing. The town where Jesus, the incarnate word of God, came to us in human form. And there was where one of the first people impacted by Jesus was there, a woman by the name of Mary, Mary, his mother. We know a lot about the Virgin Mary. Uh, we know that she was with Jesus at his birth, obviously. Uh, She was at his uh, first biblically recorded miracle at the wedding feast at Cana. Uh, Mark 6 says she was named as a family member, a current family member in Nazareth when he was starting his preaching ministry about 30 years later. Mary was with Jesus at the cross. And Mary was one of the first to hear that angels appeared to shepherds. She heard that the angels appeared to shepherds and they said to the shepherds, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who's Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. She heard that while she's holding this baby in swaddling cloths right there in the manger. One of the first people. And it says in verse 19 of Luke chapter 2, it says, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Jesus Christ made a lasting impact on Mary's heart. You know what always fascinates me about this? I wonder how Luke, the gospel writer, who was not a Christian in the early part of the ministry that, that I'm aware of, how in the world do we know, how did, how did he know what Mary was thinking? How did he know what she treasured up in, in her heart? You know, how, how did he, and why did he write that sentence in there? 
in my sanctified imagination, okay, this is, I don't have any archaeological proof for this, but in my sanctified imagination, as Luke was trying to get the full story, he's writing the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, he's trying to get all that in, as I'm thinking about this, and he's wanting to get it down on paper before the first generation dies away, so everyone knows the real story of Jesus, I'd like to think that he had the opportunity to talk to an older woman named Mary, and he interviewed her. He found out what was going on. Or he, he shared, let me tell you about this Jesus. Because we know that Mary lived a long life. We know that she experienced what Joseph never got to see. Mary lived long enough to see Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. I mean, Acts chapter 1 tells us that she was with the disciples in the upper room when, when the Holy Spirit came on them. I mean, think about that. She, she, she received the Holy Spirit like all the other believers that were there. That was Mary. Because she followed Christ, she has a home in heaven. See, she is, in, in theological terms, they have a word. It's a theotokos. She is the theotokos. She's the one who bore the God, the God in, in human flesh. But she's not in heaven because she's the theotokos, because, because she's the mother of Jesus. She's in heaven because she trusted in Jesus Christ as her Savior. She's in heaven because she received the Holy Spirit when she accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. She, she is not in heaven because she's the mother of Jesus. She's, she is in heaven because she trusted in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. And here's the first thing I want to say in those sermon notes if you're using them. A Christ-influenced woman equally inherits the promises of faith. Equally inherits the promises of faith. Women and men are equally members of the family of faith. When it comes to the promises of heaven, there is no first class for men and coach for women. Okay, it is all the same. Okay, we're in the same cabin together. Paul said this. Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, he said, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay? All the fullness of salvation, all the fullness of revelation is available to any Christian regardless of gender. So I want to say to you, trust Jesus. Whether you're male or female, trust Jesus. We all get that opportunity to trust Jesus and receive all that he wants to give to us. But there's more than that. I want to talk about another Mary. This is Mary of Bethany. Mary, the, the sister of Lazarus. And this is Luke chapter 10. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, portion which will not be taken away from her. And he's saying, here's something that's necessary for men and women. It's the teachings of Jesus Christ. The teachings. She was not limited from hearing the full teachings of Jesus Christ. Jesus affirmed that the words of the Lord are a priority for women as they are for men. As we say it here at Anastasia, the Bible is the map. The words of Jesus are the map. And so here's the second point I want to make. A Christ-influenced woman capably receives the full teachings of faith. We don't have a special secret book that we only let the men look at. We have one book. It's the Word of God. And it's open to everybody. And we all need to be doing that. You know, in the past, it's been much harder for women to receive biblical instruction, but not from Jesus. Mary was right there. 
Mary of Bethany, right there. She saw the full teaching. And you know, biblical teaching is available for men and women. I appreciate Judy Trippy who came and gave the announcements a few minutes ago, our women's minister. Yeah, give a shout out to her for the work she does. She's built this women's ministry, not on events, but on Bible study. I'm grateful for that. Do this on, on Bible study, you know, around the word of God, because, because just like Mary of Bethany, you know, getting the word of God in you, that's, that's a priority. That's that good portion that will never go away. An amazing teaching goes on in this church every week, Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Wednesday evening, you know, it's, it's the word of God and Christ influenced women. They, they take advantage of that and they receive the full teachings of the church. So the second thing I want to say is, is, is take it all in. Whether you're a man or a woman, you have teaching available. You have the words of Christ available to you. Take this all in. Don't miss any of it. These are the words of Jesus. These are life-changing. These are transformational. So take them all in. Let me give you another passage of Scripture. This is another set of women, Lois and Eunice. This is 2 Timothy chapter 1. And Paul wrote this. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. He's writing to Timothy, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and then your mother, Eunice. And now I'm sure dwells in you. So we have Lois and Eunice. They were disciple makers because we know here at Anastasia, our core value is that disciple making is our mission, right? So disciple making, this is what they did. Lois and Eunice, they were disciple makers and they didn't just influence other women. They influenced Timothy, one of the great leaders of the first century, okay? They passed that message on to him. They introduced Timothy to faith in Jesus Christ. And the Lord uses women through generations to pass faith on. And not just to women, but to, to leaders of the Christian faith. My, uh, my mom was very instrumental in my faith in Christ. My mom was very important in that. She, she, she was the one who read Bible stories to me. She was the one who prayed with me at night. She was the one who prayed with me to receive Christ. It was my mother who took me to visit the pastor in 1973 in Morganton, North Carolina, to arrange to, for a public profession of faith and to be baptized. She encouraged me in the faith. So a Christ-influenced woman expertly nurtures faith. Sisters in Christ, many of you have a sense of the heart that us men envy. You have a sense of reading the heart that us guys sometimes we don't get. We look at the surface. We try to figure out things. But, and sometimes we like to show how to. But can I tell you that sometimes our Mr. Fix-It attitude toward all things, including discipleship, uh, may not work well on hearts. Because sometimes our Mr. Fix-It attitude can, can end up deflating the spirits of those we're actually trying to help. And women, many of you have a special sense of the heart that's expert at nurturing faith. God has given you that gift. I just want to say, you need to use that, okay? You need to be nurturing the faith in those around you. You know, uh, we have some women in this church. I know some churches, they don't let women teach Bible studies. We don't force anybody to go to Bible study. We have some very capable women teachers in this church. Can I get an amen? Okay. We don't force any man to go to a Bible study where a woman is teaching. But I tell you what, if a man sees a Bible study teacher that is a woman and it's good teaching and they want to be there, we don't keep them out either. We want them to be able to hear good teaching of the word of God, right? And if, if, if a woman is proclaiming the word of God and encouraging people in faith, I am not going to be threatened by that. I'm going to be grateful. 
when believers use their Holy Spirit gifts to build up the body of Christ. So, you know, a Christ-influenced woman nurtures faith. Let me share with you another woman. This is Mary Magdalene. This is Matthew 28. It says this, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, this is Mary, the son of one of the disciples, James, okay, uh, went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay, and then go quickly tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead, and behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings, and they came up and, and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. First people to ever worship the risen Lord. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The first appearance of the risen Christ was to sisters of faith, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. You know, no man, no man saw Christ risen until much later in that day. We know there are some disciples on the road to Emmaus. We know that there were disciples in the upper room, but the first people that heard Jesus Christ was risen was was a woman, and the first time a man heard it is because they were told by a woman, okay? Like many things in life, right? The first people to proclaim the risen Christ, to proclaim the risen, to preach that Jesus Christ is risen, they were women. I mean, that's what the Bible says, and so a Christ-influenced woman skillfully communicates faith. Last week, I was able to visit Magdala. Magdala was where, Ma was where Mary Magdalene uh, was, and and uh, that, there's an amazing church there that talks about how Christ impacted women. But Mary was entrusted with verbally sharing that Christ is risen. And so I just want to say to you, sisters of the faith, don't be afraid to share Jesus. Don't be afraid to share what he's done for you. Don't be afraid to share how he changed your life. We have great examples in the Bible. There's a woman named Priscilla. And in Acts chapter 18, it says that Priscilla was helping a man named Apollos to understand faith. Apollos was one of the great preachers of the first century, one of the great preachers. He was a great speaker, amazing communication skills. But when he first started, he really didn't have all the teaching. And so Priscilla and her husband Aquila explained the way more accurately, the Bible says in Acts 18. Women teach. In the Bible here, we see right there in Acts 18, a woman teaching a man. It's controversial and confusing. I mean, it is. I mean, there's a place, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, and Paul says, I don't permit a woman to teach or to, um, or to uh, uh, have authority over a man. And so that's confusing. And, and you, you weigh that with Paul also saying there is no male or female, Jew nor Greek. You weigh that also with 1 Corinthians 11, where it says that, that women need to be silent in church and they also need to be wearing hats. Uh, and you say, how do you, how do you navigate all that? Well, I, I want to stay close to the Bible. I'll just tell you how I navigate that. I believe where it says, you know, that, that sometimes, often, church works best when, when a role of authority is male. I feel like I, God has given me that responsibility to, to take care of the governance and the peace of this church. But in my authority as pastor, if I ever invite a woman up here 
to talk about faith and talk about things of faith. And if she happens to open up the Bible and share words of God, and if she happens to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a very, very good thing when all of us can share the risen Lord without violating that, that scripture. And you know, churches, they disagree on how to do that. That's why there are differences among churches. It's controversy, controversial and confusing. But here's, here's the point I want to make. Share your faith. Women, share your faith. Men, share your faith. We all are called to share our faith. Share what God has poured into us. Now let me share with, one, share with you one that's even more controversial. Usually, this is, this is the marriage relationship. Wives submitting to their husbands. Now my usual pattern for dealing with this passage is to go on vacation and to pass it on to an associate pastor. But since, since I'm here, I'm going to going to deal with that today too, okay? It says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. That word submit, uh, it's in the Bible. I mean, we're using this in the Bible here. We're not making this up. And, and what this is submitting is a, is a voluntary attitude. It means to cooperate, okay? Cooperate with husbands as they tried to lead the home in a God-given direction. It doesn't mean that women are required to be oppressed. It doesn't mean that women are required to be imprisoned or put down by their husbands. But for the sake of the spiritual health of the family, women, cooperate with your husbands in, in providing that direction. And so what I'd like to say here is that a Christ-influenced woman sensitively encourages men in their tasks of faith. Wives, can I, can I share with you a secret about the men in your lives? Something that they will never tell you? Most men feel inadequate to provide spiritual leadership in the home. Can I get an amen, men? Yeah, yeah. Most men feel inadequate to provide that spiritual leadership in the home, and they see your faith. And they admire your faith. And they wonder, how can I add anything to this? How can I provide leadership here? Let me tell you another secret. Women, sometimes the verbal encouragement that you give your husband may not be interpreted as encouragement. <laughs> I'm just being honest here, right? Okay. It may not be interpreted as, as encouragement, but as, as criticism. And to, to not be respected deflates a husband's heart and his motivation to be the man of the house that the whole family needs. So I just want to say, be sensitive in encouraging your husband. Cooperate him as he's struggling to fill his role too. Walk with him, nudge him in the right direction, and encourage him in the right steps that he needs to take. Now, another thing. This is First Peter chapter 3. It says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adoring be the hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. God gives you beauty. God gives you the power to be beautiful. You are beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. It says it right here in the scripture. You are beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. 
And you are especially beautiful to Jesus when you let his love shine through you. We live in an incredible age when, when we transmit visual images around the world instantaneously. I, I was so amazing. We were in this airport in Jordan in the middle of the night there, and Donna Nicolosi, you were getting your, your videos of your kids in the, priest, in the kids' praise music program. We were watching the kids' praise music program in Jordan, Amman, Jordan. That was amazing to me. It was cool. But let me tell you something. These visual images, they also bombard us with, with messages that tell us what it takes to make us beautiful. Manipulated images of what they call the perfect woman, whether it's this length of hair or that color or what you're going to wear or this jewelry or, or whatever body shape. And the message is that you need to take what you have and you need to show off your best feature. And a woman of the world proudly shows off her best feature. Well, I think you should show off your best feature, but let me tell you this. Your best feature is not your figure. Your best feature is not your eyes. It's not your lips. It's not your legs. Your best feature is Christ in you. The best feature is when Jesus is working through you and in you. So I just want to say a Christ-influenced woman proudly shows off her best feature, and that's Jesus. That's Christ. That's what you do. Jesus Christ makes you beautiful. You are beautiful in salvation. You're beautiful in growing the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and all those spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit that the Holy Spirit plants in you. Your best feature is Jesus in your heart, and you need to show that off. And be proud about showing that off. Jesus had a lasting impact on womanhood. I, I, I don't know what you have to deal with as a woman. I know we're talking with some of the females on our staff that they have to deal with more than I have to deal with. But I want you to know, Jesus Christ lifts you up. He makes you beautiful. He gives you dignity, and that's what it is. And he gives you eternal beauty. That's life forever with Jesus in heaven. And so by trusting him and following him, that's how you get all that Christ has intended for womanhood. And I just want to say to all of us here, whether you're male, whether you're female, life in Christ makes you beautiful. Life in Christ lifts you up. There's this, uh, there is this painting in this church in Magdala where Mary Magdalene is. And it's a picture of a woman touching the hem of the garment. And we were there, and the priest that's sort of the, the head of that particular uh, chapel that is there, he said, you know, he, he took one of the people that were there and, and, and had them touch close by, so it looked like all of them were touching the hem of the garment. Well, let me tell you, Jesus has that hem of the garment for you. Touch him. He wants to bring healing in your life. There are people around you. You might need to touch the hem of the garment for somebody else. Touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Let him bring healing. Let him bring dignity. Let him bring power. Let him bring truth. Let him bring fulfillment in your life. That's the lasting impact of Jesus. Not just on the sisters of the faith, but all of you. And I pray this Christmas season, you receive all that Christ has for you. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. And Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you love us so much that you change our lives. You lift us up out of the problems of this world and the perceptions of this world and the, the, the prejudices of this world. 
And Lord Jesus, I pray if there's someone here that has not reached their potential because they've not yet touched your hem, Lord, give them the faith. Give them the trust. Give that person the vulnerability. Lord, help them take that step of faith toward you because, Lord, we know the way we navigate this life better is with you in our heart, but then also the way we get to eternity is with you in our heart. Lord, help us to receive you. In your precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. All God's people said, amen. We're going to have a word of response. I invite you to stand up. You know, maybe there's something on your heart. Maybe you need to pray for someone that needs to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Maybe there's a step of faith, a step of affirmation that you need in your life. Jesus is there for you. Would you follow him? Would you trust him? You can come here if you want to become a part of this church through membership. You want to present yourself for baptism. If you just want prayer, I invite you to come forward. The altar is open as we sing. Let's let Jesus, the one who lifts us up, lift you up. i